Hello everyone, welcome to episode two of the Roll Down, a Teamfight Tactics podcast with a heavy focus on the Oceanic and Southeast Asian regions. My name is Cutler, you guys can call me Bodhi if you like. I am here once again with my friend, confidant, and duo teammate, Sol. How are you, Sol? How's everyone going? I am uh, Sol, you can also call me David if you want. <laughs> guys... It is a special episode for us, not only because it's our second episode and we had such a uh, positive and warm reception from our first episode. We have two absolute titans of the SEA community here with us. I'd first like to introduce a man directly to my right, and that is Jose Paolo on Twitch. Jose, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. It was good to be here. My, my pleasure. And a man whose name has been pronounced a hundred different ways on a hundred different servers, a hundred different times. Even in this call, it is chaos. How are you, Keith? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. It is my absolute pleasure to have you both. Thank you so much. As I mentioned, um, we are talking about duo mode today, but before I get into that, Jose, I'd love to start with you and, and hopefully get you to talk a little bit about your history with TFT and, um, uh, and what it, uh, what's that sort of journey has led you to, including your stream. Uh, for sure. So my name is Jose. I'm 22 years old. I started playing TFT since beta, I guess, since it came out in PBE. Uh, I started on playing on Southeast Asia for set one and two, and then pivoted to OCE in set three. And then from set three onwards to set to the current set, I've been playing on OCE and NA. Um, I think my stream started to grow when I started playing on OCE and I played my first fight night. And then I remember it really vividly, like I got raided by Esha. So I was like, oh shit, like, well, this is, this is really cool. Like, and then from there on, um, it just started playing more and got to know the OCE community more. And then now I've also pivoted uh, to NA and really excited for set six. Uh, hope it, you know, meets expectations and we pop off in dual mode and, you know, uh, can like maybe, maybe get a slot for Southeast Asia for Worlds, but uh, only time will tell, I guess. But yeah, that's how it's been so far. Only time will tell. With two incredible back-to-back -back performances at the last two World Championships from the Oceanic region, I feel like it's only a matter of time before we are granted at least one one more slot for this huge region. I want to go to to Chaos now or to Keith. Um, tell me a little bit about your history with with TFT and and streaming. Okay, so I started TFT in same. Same as uh, Jose, like in beta and everything. Uh, so I'm from Singapore and my region is not like very populated. And so after I met um, Jose, like after a few sets, I, I found his stream and then we became friends. And he said, oh, you should try playing on Rose. Like it's actually a lot more competitive people there. The community is really, really nice. And then... Yeah, I was like, fuck it, sure. And then I never I never went back. Like it's <laughs> it's been it's been nice. Yeah. Uh yep. Fantastic. And um guys, we are gonna talk about duos. That's gonna be the predominant 
force of our episode, but I want to first sort of ask you guys a little bit about set six. It's coming out next week. Uh, we are in sort of week two of PBE now. Um, have you guys had a chance to play? Start with uh, Keith this time. Uh, yeah, we we didn't play. We didn't grind a lot. We we did play. We we tried playing like as many like comps as possible. Just reroll a bunch of random stuff. Like try to figure out some crazy shit. Uh yeah, everything's been like really fun. Honestly, it's really fresh. The augments, I really like them. Uh, it's going to be a really good set, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Jose, same for you. You've been, have you been playing, uh, uh, significantly or just sort of in the background as you, uh, wrap up your set 5.5? Oh, I haven't touched set 5.5 since <laughs> PvE came out. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, anybody that's gone back to playing live, so. Same, uh, same. same as Keith, like, pretty much just tried everything. I mean, that's what PvE is for, right? We're not playing for placement. We're playing to, like, figure out what, you know, dumb stuff we can try to pull off in, like, different points of the game. We can try, like, oh, yesterday someone ran three Colossus and had, like, five units on their board, and I was like, there's no way this works. And I lost to that guy, like, three times in a row. And I was just like, okay, maybe this is, maybe this is a, you know, it's that's what PvE is for, right? It's to try, like, dumb shit out like that. So that's what I've been doing as well. Soul, how about you? I know um, pretty much every single day in our Discord here, you've been in and around <laughs> playing some games with friends of ours, other challenger players on the OC ladder. Tell me a little bit about your PvE experience so far. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, sorry, yeah, just as I said, uh, after what's called set uh, 6 PvE came out, literally haven't touched 5.5 at all. Um, and um, yeah, I've been pretty much playing every single day. Uh, just like maybe like one day I didn't play, but every other day I've been playing like in houses um, with people. I I had to force myself to like not fully play in houses just so that like my opinions on things wouldn't just be like utterly biased. Because <laughs> when you play with the same people over and over again, um, you know it starts to get a little bit inbred in terms of what you like to play and you know your opinions on certain units and stuff. So yeah, but I've been playing a lot and it's been really really fun. Great. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played as much as I would like to. I've been a little bit busy this week, but I've, for, for me, I, I'm having a lot of fun. I think that the augments, that I mean, they've changed so many of them even since it came out, buffed some, nerfs, nerfed a lot of them, changed a lot of them. They didn't even release with the uh, all the ones that were promised originally, so... I think we're we're in for a good set. We're definitely in for a, a long set, that's for sure, something with a ton of, of replayability. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Guys, the biggest reason that we're here, of course, is to talk duo mode. Um, I want to send it over to Sol, my duo partner, because I want him to get us started <laughs> on, on, on this topic. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, so we've got duos coming in. Um, so what we know so far is that um, it's dropping in second patch, I'm pretty sure. Uh, of set six, of set six launch. So we'll get it immediately, but we'll be soon. Uh, it'll be staying around for three patches. So about six weeks will be the time it stays around for. So not particularly long, but it's a decent amount of time to play with it. Um, of the main sort of mechanics that I've seen that are mainly different to uh, what like regular health, regular TFT functions are, uh, so you and your duo partner are gonna have a shared health pool. Um, when, you know, you die, you, you both die. <laughs> um, a, 
there's a few funky mechanics. Um, when one of you loses uh, your round or you know wins your round, the remaining units uh, that are surviving uh, on the winner's board will go to the other person that's still fighting. And you know, so let's say your you won your round, and your partner is still fighting their round. All your surviving units will jump over to their board, and uh, yeah, they will keep fighting. So that's pretty sick. Uh, <laughs> there's also a, uh, I think there's a mechanic where uh, you can transfer, I think it's a unit and uh, an item on it, on that unit over to your partner's board, uh, which is pretty, <laughs> which is obviously going to be pretty, pretty insane. Uh, it's going to lead to some very, very capped uh, boards I can already imagine. Um, and I really like that, um, yeah, the sort of team player that it encourages. Uh, but yeah, that's generally the sort of overview, what we know at the moment. I might have missed a few things, but that's what I can think of off the top of my head. I want to ask you guys, uh, that is Jose and Keith, why, why you chose one another for, for duos. And I know that when we spoke on, on Tuesday, as we were setting this up, you guys had come off the back of, uh, almost back to back duo tournaments a week and a half ago. Um, what was that experience like playing, uh, in a, in a duo tournament together and, and did you guys enjoy it? Did it make you excited for this, for this new mode coming in set six? You want to go? Uh, you want to go first? You, you can go. You can go. Ahead. Okay. Um. I think. Uh. Duos was like, probably. Um. One of the best. Uh. Things that could happen to TFT, honestly, because I'm like playing solo to me is like really um. It gets really boring. Like for example, you like stay in call with people and then, you just watch them play a game or like you stream. And then people try to give you suggestions and stuff. For example, like 4v4. Uh, we, they messed around with 4v4. And that was like probably the most fun I've had playing TFT. And then duos came around. And we tried it. And then like, it's, as, it's like, it's really, it's really, uh, it's really fucking fun. Way more fun than like solo queue, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I mean, I can definitely see it. Um, now you you two playing together, Jose. What's that like? What are what are the calls like when you're together? Is it fast paced? Is it is it a, as an easy environment? Do you feel like there's a a lot more pressure or a lot less pressure when you guys are playing together? Uh definitely a lot less, because I know that skill wise we're pretty much equal. I think keeps like a little bit better than me, but he's more consistent. I think that's what um. That's why our styles complement well. It's because he's the more consistent one. I'm the one that's going to bot for, but more likely like top one or top two of the games as well. So if I mess up, I can always rely on him to like not not mess up because it's usually me that bot for is more often than not. But uh, our play styles are like different, and I think that's kind of key when it comes to like playing for two v two. Is that your styles don't clash? Like you don't go for similar items. You don't play similar builds. Um, which is why, like, for the upcoming duo mode, I do have to probably learn how to play more consistently because we have a shared health pool. Mm -hmm. So I can really, I have to learn how to, like, not play open boards. I have to learn how to, like, actually, you know, um, play a board and maybe, like, gracefully lose instead of, like, going, like, taking like, four or five unit losses, like, every early game and that type of thing. Like, I know there are going to be, like, new mechanics to, like, uh, help what the other player that's like losing but i don't want to like have to uh, always be the player that's like starting from a deficit man. so just uh 
the new sub like gives me a reason to like learn how to play more consistently, I guess. From a dual perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to ask um you guys as well what your thoughts are on on the implementation of of duo mode. We are only getting it for six weeks, three patches, realistically. Um they're taking it away, they'll bring it back at a later date. Uh Keith, what do you think of what do you think of that like business model i suppose from from the tft team i think it's good that they like they they want to take it back because there's probably going to be issues with it right and then uh so i think six weeks is a lot of time honestly it's a lot of content uh so i wouldn't be like when when they bring it back it's going to be a lot better i'm pretty sure so i'm okay with it yeah. Um, uh, so I'm going to ask you, and I, I want an answer from all of you here. Is this the future of TFT? 2v2 mode? Uh, shared <laughs> modes, in a way? Uh, I think, yeah, potentially. Maybe, like, the future of uh, competitive uh, TFT uh, could very well rest in sort of duo mode, maybe even, like, 44 if we eventually get to that. I think um, for TFT to sort of be uh, ever, maybe, yeah, sort of maybe, like, ever, like, properly legitimized uh, as like an esport almost um, team play for sure is uh, going to be how we get there. I think, yeah. Jose, what do you think on that topic? Mm, I mean, they just announced like the competitive circuit for EU, so I'm sure solos is still going to be the premier mode. Um, and I read like the the format and everything, and they have multiple ways to qualify for worlds and that type of thing. But I really hope in the future, like dual mode or like four v four mode for uh, Maybe not for worlds, but for like bigger tournaments as well would be implemented because that'd be way more content, way more high fee, and then like um, you get to like uh, you know how in league like you get to like listen to their comms like after the games and stuff like you could hear like how um, how you guys communicate or like how we communicate in like two v two and four v four. So I think in from like just for the game to be like really exciting, it'd be way more um, way more high fee if if two v two and four v four was like the future for competitive. But I. Definitely don't think it'll um, compensate like uh, solos in any way. Yeah, Keith, um, similar feelings on that one. Yeah, pretty much the same. Cause like, uh, there's it's just a different. I think it's a, I just feel it's like a different game to play with, um, team versus solo. Right? Cause team, you're just thinking for yourself. You're in in like a team setting. You have uh your your duo. You have your other teammates. Uh, maybe give you their opinion but yeah i have like the same feelings pretty much yeah uh, and i mean it's totally fair enough i want to i want to bring up another mechanic that we uh didn't uh, mention and that is the rune of allegiance which is uh, what uh, soul mentioned can give champions and items to your friends you get one at the start of the game you also get one at four two um Sol, I want to come to you and, and ask you a little bit about this. You said that it promotes um, capping out a board very quickly, and yeah. that's, that's very true. Uh, do you like that introduction to this this sort of mode? Uh, yeah, I kind of like it. Um, I like that. I mean, yeah, it's like you find something, for example, in your shop that you can't really use, but then, like, you know, your partner might have, like, the right items to use. Uh, I don't know. It's just, like, a really basic example. Let's say you're playing, like, an AD comp, and then, like, a Lux shows up in your, spot, in your shop. And your partner has like perfect AP items, and then this is like really good because like 
it's something like that you can still get excited. It's like something that you can get excited over, like no matter what. Whereas in like a normal game, if you're playing solo queue, right, you just see the locks and you're like, oh, I don't really care. I'm not playing this. So yeah, I, I do like that. Great, great. The um the thing that I'm most interested about is whether or not they will continue with uh, your minions go over to help your teammates board if you win while they're still fighting. I think it's a really interesting mechanic, and I know that with these lab-style games, um, these lab-style modes, they want to in include, like, a kind of a wacky, a fun element because they aren't the, the official mode, as it were. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not um, if it becomes incredibly popular, like I think it will, if they kind of back out of some of these, uh, some of these sort of more fun style choices in, in favor of more competitive viability. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. You guys mentioned earlier that you guys sort of decided to try out OCE at, at similar time. I want to know, um, did you guys have people knocking on the door, trying to get uh, duo applications in early? Did you guys consider, you know, maybe doing some uh, come and find me if you guys want a duo or we'll do duo applications on stream like I've seen a bunch of people? Or was it always, Jose is my stream part, he's my duo partner for set six, so Keith is my duo partner for set six has it always been like that since it was announced i think it's like an unsaid thing like we already yeah. we yeah we we knew like we we're just gonna play yeah. together i think because yeah. i think when um when i joined os because jose played os in set two three three no uh, i started in set three yeah yeah and then i joined in 3.5 so he he had like uh he had a bit to like work with and then yeah, there was this. Uh, you you could still queue with people. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, back then. Yeah, but we wouldn't. Still, uh... We wouldn't be. We wouldn't be in, being called because like Jose was like, uh, he shaggers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll just I'll just yeah, be in chat I mean... and then I'll just listen to what he says, and then. But yeah, there were times like when it was like three point five, right? And they still had trio queue for high elo, so it would be me, Keith, and this other guy's name was Timmy. And then there were times where I would call with them, and that's kind of how I just like started to be more comfortable around people in general. Because generally, I'm like, yeah, as Keith said, like fucking shygers or like um, just a shy person in general. Uh, so just for me to like get comfortable with like people in the community, like it definitely took a while for me to open up. But when I did, it was like really easy. Like it, it felt really like fun to just play the game with like a couple of other people rather than just like falling asleep playing like alone, which is why I was like really sad when they removed like trio queue, which I understand why, but like you know it was like yeah, yeah. we just end up like sniping each other anyway sometimes. Yeah, that, so. was the, that was the only way we could do it from that. Point yeah, and we still do we it. Snipe each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know, <laughs> I haven't had as much fun playing this game as when you get in a challenger lobby with three people that you know and you jump in a call with one another and i think that's one of the great things about this mode it, 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 and one of the great things about this game is that you can just sort of play with your friends in that regard and bringing that to an actual mode is is going to be great jose i wanted to ask you a little bit about uh your stream do you think that your stream has also been a a reason that sort of helped you come out of your shell in that way like you were talking about yeah um 
I never felt like comfortable doing stuff like this before, like interviews or podcasts. Like I think the first couple, um, the first couple of offers I got like to do one of these was like, um, I immediately like just declined because I just felt really anxious doing so. But now that like, um, like when I started streaming, it was like, uh, like I'm not really talking to anyone directly. Right. So it's just really comfortable for me to like actually, um, feel like I'm having a conversation, but like not a direct one. So for me, it's just, it just took time to actually like, yeah, come out of my shower, like just be more comfortable, like talking to, uh, people in this kind of setting. And when you said like, we could like, like swear and stuff, I was like, okay, shit, like, okay. I can definitely be really comfortable then. Cause <laughs> yeah. like, I know like the, you know, with like other like interview styles and like other people that wanted to like ask me stuff, like I couldn't like be completely authentic. And I knew I would like mess up like that. That's that's the thing that would like stick in the back of my mind is like if I messed up or if I like said something that I didn't mean to say, then can't really take it back. It just kind of, you know, try to move past it, I guess. And that would like, like put me off and like trying to do like that type of thing. But um, starting with this is like really comfortable for me. Great. Yeah, no, lo Good love job. to hear that. And I think the most important thing for us, you know, is we've got a great region full of really wonderful people and i'm including oce and sea when i say that i think it's really important that the voices and the faces and the people in our community really come out and uh you know get get their name out there because we i think we deserve it most importantly and and i feel like there's a lot of people out there who aren't aware of of what our community is like and i think it's really nice to to have you guys on to learn a little bit more about you from that perspective um but from a duo mode perspective i mean that david do you have any sort of final thoughts on uh, on the mode itself i know we're going to be duo partners we play a totally different yeah. style <laughs> as well for sure, for sure. um i am much i'm a bit more like jose where i'll i'll take a lot of early <laughs> A lot of slow burn early and um, uh, you like yeah. to go you like to go level eight really early on and i don't like to so. <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'm definitely a fast eight gamer <laughs> uh i mean i can play reroll as well but i i mostly default to playing fast eight from a sport um yeah just i guess closing thoughts on duo i'm pretty excited for it um i think that it's going to probably be <laughs> realistically it'll be a balanced nightmare but that's like Honestly, the upside of it being six weeks is that even if things are broken, we might not even figure out what's broken until the end anyway, so that's good. Um, I'm really looking forward to, yeah, just being able to play with, you know, friends uh, over, like, duos. I mean, uh, other than just, like, via, like, sniping or whatnot, right? Because um, that's typically how you currently play with friends. But, um, yeah, I think that's mostly it. <laughs> I think duos is going to be really good. Perfect. Yeah, I'd, um, I want to move on a little bit more to our scene itself uh specifically the competitive scene as mentioned previously we don't have any sea worlds allocation at all we have one oceanic slot and up until now it looks like at least uh when we're recording this on the 28th of october we don't have any indication that that will change yet it very well could in the next couple of weeks or so um but aside let's just say aside from increased oceanic slots or the ability for you guys to qualify either with sea slots or being opened up into the oceanic grouping of of qualifying uh keith what do you want out of an, a competitive scene in tft 
you know, that's like the thing, because we never had one, so I have no idea what, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, I know that uh, we wouldn't want to share a spot with you guys, like OCE, because like, it's not, it's, it's your region, so uh, I would rather like, have it like independently. Uh, maybe like, they like combine, but yeah, uh, I would rather have our own uh, competitive scene uh, if one meta appear. So it's gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna like really try hard, and I'm gonna like make sure like I'll be the one that represents SEA. So yeah. Yeah, uh, Jose. You and Keith, I mean, at multiple times, you've either one of you has been rank one, you know, you've taken rank one off the other person, you've been fighting in the top 10 of the Oceanic region or other, other regions, high challenger in North America and things like that. If they gave you a serious understanding of what the future competitive scene is going to be like, would that just be a great relief for you? Uh, for sure. I think I'd have the same aspirations as Keith, but because um, I've never really, I think for me, I've never had the biggest competitive drive until I started playing TFT. And it feels bad that um, the one game that I actually do have the motivation and uh, drive to keep playing, we don't have a way to compete um, or like uh, a path to play competitively. Um, yeah, so, like, I know it would... I, I don't think there's a world where we actually end up sharing slots as a region, even if it grants more slots for OCE, because realistically, like, Southeast Asia isn't just, like, where Keith and I are from, where it's, like, Singapore and the Philippines. It's 10, 10 uh, countries in total, so I think, like, if there was actually... Like, we'd want to have... We definitely want to have our own uh, region and our own path to qualify and um for, if that were to happen i think it would just make me like ex like even more focused than um i already was before without the guarantee of like actually being able to play competitively so that's definitely the dream and that's definitely like what i want to aspire for i guess yeah um i want to ask you guys if you can think of any reason that this may not have happened as of yet i know that we can't really speculate on everything that goes on or, or why behind the scenes but i guess i just want to know from from your guys perspective what you think the, the holdup is uh, i think uh, it's always the same right like it's always the same thing it's the garena riot political thing yeah yeah. Both funding. Yeah. Um, from like a profitability or like from a uh, investment standpoint, I think it's like TFT is like compared to like um, uh, LOR and League, it's like super easy to monetize and like easy to like um, provide funding because it's like um, there's always going to be like a return. Whereas with TFT, I'm not sure that'd be the case for Southeast Asia. Because, like, there's no direct data when it comes to, like, actually 
you know, the amount of players playing and like the player base other than um like even with even like Vietnam like being the strongest or like the biggest like Southeast Asian region, it's like hard to tell because like every Garena server is independent. So you can't really track like data when it comes to like the popularity of the games between each server. And I guess you can check by like the amount of challenger slots because like Vietnam has like 500 and then every other Southeast Asian region has 10 to 20. So it's like the disparity is like huge and you can't really like figure out like a proper competitive environment when it comes to just like it being dominated by Vietnam versus like having like one, two, three, four really competitive like Southeast Asian players from like every other region. So I think that's where it boils down to. And I guess trying to find like a way to like, I don't, I don't know, like turn that into like a competitive setting, I guess. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It's not, it's not an easy question to answer, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's very disappointing, I will say, um, because, and I'm sure that uh, everybody who is from the same region as us would agree it's very disheartening to have so many amazing players so many players that you know personally or that you interact with and you know the kind of effort and drive they have to be competitive at this game and and the, and the game that you love kind of doesn't give you what you think you deserve and it's not a slide on on anybody at all in the tft team the ones that create the game i i just think that those who are in charge of the competitive circuit in, in whatever area that may be aren't giving enough uh giving enough thought to the popularity and the strength of this game uh it came out recently that tft is the second most popular game in korean pc bungs it's the third most popular and third most watched game in china these aren't the same region that we're in, mind you, but these are huge markets with huge viability and profitability and longevity for this game. So I'd really want to, yeah. really want to say TFT is absolutely insane in China. Like the mm. prize pools that they have there, the viewership that they have is yeah, crazy. And to, you know, to be rewarded with that, with only a couple of, world slots in a small world tournament doesn't seem right i don't think at least in my opinion um let's talk a little bit more about the competitive scene in oceania there are reasonably consistent tournaments taking place all the time you guys have just finished a duos tournament you know, like a, a community run duos tournament as we mentioned do you think these are kind of the best way to get it noticed do you think that there should be more of them going on at the moment um jose i mean it requires an investment right like the people that ran the like, that uh, attorney they put in their own money which we're really grateful for because we just you know got to farm the attorney and yoink. Uh, <laughs> yoink. thanks guys thank you yeah, but uh thank you but i i mean it requires like um you know an investment from like the community as well so like when order ran that uh you know, 4v4 uh, Southeast Asia versus OC attorney that also required initial investment. Um, um, if more and more people or like um, orgs were like willing to do that and like, you know, in the future, I'd definitely be willing to put in um, my own money to be able to like run these type of things as well. 
Um, but for sure, it's more of a grassroots and like uh, community driven like um, willingness rather than like actually, uh, you know, having them set up already to begin with. Like it has to be, it, it, um, what's the word? Like through the community, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Keith, um I know you just sort of said thanks thanks for the money and, and ran, but do you sort of have a similar sentiment, you know, this is kind of a grassroots thing for now and it'll continue to be until we kind of get that organizational funding from a different place? I think it's still new. So like somewhat, even though it's not really, but like uh, as TFT grows, more people will get more, will like be more um, maybe interested. And if they see how good a game this is, or like fun, or like um, like how the community really um enjoys the game, and then maybe it'll uh motivate them to like you know fund us even more. But like yeah, that's the dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you guys think? Um, I'll start with you. So what's your proudest moment playing TFT? Like, what's the thing that you think about when you think about, like, what, what's, like, your favorite moment playing TFT? Uh, <laughs> what is my favorite moment playing TFT? Wait, that's kind of... Oh, can we jump back to the actual... Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no worries. Um... Have either of you got an answer? Because I'm more than happy to go if everybody needs a second. Uh, for me, it was definitely 4v4. The Mortog 4v4 when it was with Esha, Gidoff, and Raza. I think that was definitely like... Um, I don't think anyone had any expectations that we'd make it to like the final four teams. I didn't have any expectations that we'd make it to like the final four teams, but that that was like... That was the first introduction of like playing with a bunch of people in, in, in TFT and... That'll definitely be, um, I think, for sure, like my most favorite moment playing TFT for a while. Because it was a very, not only did I have like super crazy personalities like on my team, um, I think it gave me the confidence that I was a decent enough player to like uh, carry in a team environment and to play for myself as well. And it was just fun being in call with them like all the time when they're all like talking loud and I'm just there like, okay, what do we do? You know, like, so. But yeah, that that was fun. That was probably the most fun I've had playing TFT for sure. Keith, how about how about you? Uh I don't think I have like a favorite moment, but it's like every moment that I have is like is like uh for example like competing against the best of OC, competing with Jose, competing against Jose. Uh, competing against other members of the community. It's just like, it's just really fun. This community is fucking insane. Like, yeah. it's definitely one of the best communities. I mean, it is the best community that I've been part of. So, yeah. No favorite moments, just like everything in general. No. Yeah. All right. So, I've given you plenty of time. Okay. What's your favorite moment? Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, it's not like a specific favorite moment, but for me, uh, it was basically when I decided to actually start, like, talking to people <laughs> that I saw in my games and, uh, like, started to stream and everything like that. 
um, was when like TFT became like TFT became the like TFT became the game that wasn't like this game that I just like played while I was watching Netflix, but like an actual like game where like, I got to like talk to people about like different strategies, like different ways to think about things, um, all sorts of that, right? All sorts of like that kind of thing, right? So I, it's a kind of really general answer. It's not a specific moment, like. The LP games or whatever, honestly, um, it's really the people and the friends you sort of. <laughs> it's, it's really the people and the friends you sort of meet and uh, along the way and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I think that's really really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It is really really fantastic to have such a a, a community feel. We wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been able to start this without feeling like we had a community behind us that was going to support us or or help us out or, or really want us to succeed in getting to know people from the region and and putting them front and center and, and saying hey i want you guys to notice the great things that these people are doing so i'm very thankful for that fact and i'm very thankful for tft for giving me that opportunity i am not thankful for tft for like making me lose all my hair and go gray early because i'm so sad all the time <laughs> playing this damn game maybe it's just my genetics but it's not fun in any case when when you just uh when you just look at yourself and you think i didn't have that many gray hairs before i started in set two you know? <laughs> oh well oh well um guys best case scenario let's say this set six sea has a slot for worlds. It's those 10 countries that you mentioned, they're all competing. They have a regionals. Uh, OCE has a slot too. Talk to me about how that might change your guys' perceptions about how you see the upcoming set. Does it, does it change anything for you? Uh, let's say if you wake up tomorrow and it's announced you guys have a, a slot, uh, Jose? Um, I think for me, it would just be have a, what's the word, mm, more focused work ethic to like actually um, prep, I guess. Because for me, like I would just wake up stream and that would be my day when it comes to like playing TFT. But now I can like actually devise my time to like, you know, do VOD review, play some games, play some duos. Um, it would, it would, you know, it would be more systematic in terms of like how I um, split my time between like doing different things uh, regarding TFT, rather than just like wake up, watch someone's stream, um, play TFT, uh, turn on my stream, that type of thing. So, I think I'd just be more focused and like more. Um, what's the word more um focused in terms of like my planning my prep and uh working for the world slot but for me my main focus right now like without that without that guarantee is to just keep streaming and be like um the best version of myself as a streamer as a player and um eventually for duos when it comes out so yeah Perfect. Without that guarantee, it's not on my mind yet. Yeah. And um, uh, Keith, you know, it's a similar question. Do you think it would make 
it would make you be very disciplined in in that same way it would it would bring you sort of more towards a a scheduled way that you prepared or played tft yeah it's like pretty much the same thing like we wake up we play tft we do vault reviews that kind of thing like right now the i wouldn't know the motivation like it's offered to us right and then who knows like i might be like i'll probably be like extremely motivated right this is all i'm doing right now um and i don't know i just honestly wouldn't know till i get the the opportunity uh probably be working my ass off nothing yeah pretty much yeah. yeah. So let me ask what I consider to be a question uh, from somebody who has made it to a high level, but has not made it to the highest level. And I say that as someone whose peak is four digit LP, but not a lot of four digit LP. And this is to two people who have hit 1500 relatively consistently. What does it take for the two of you when you're sitting there and you're playing at a high level and you are deciding whether or not the minus 70 is worth it compared to the plus six that you might get in another in another game um i want i want to know the sort of the mentality difference that that comes with with being in that sort of that top five top ten echelon uh keith start with you oh okay so like after like, it's, like, the same thing going back to, like, the previous question, right? Just, like, after a while, you hit your peak, and then uh, maybe you get known by people, that kind of thing. And then, like, it's just if I still enjoy the game, I'll just carry on playing, uh, maybe try to climb higher if I, if I feel like it. But then, other than that, it's just, like, uh, like, for example, this set, I peaked like 16.50, that kind of thing. And after that, I was like, I still just fucked around on main. I just played fucking set, set every game. I played set three every game. And then <laughs> that I do what I think is fun for me in the moment. So if I feel like climbing is really fun, I'll, I'll just fucking climb. I'll fucking try hard. But if I think I want to play a draconic set, I'll fucking play a draconic set, you know? I like it. Great answer. Um, Jose, same to you. Uh, what is that mentality like when you're sitting up there with 1500 LP? Does it, does it change how you approach the game? Oh, I've never had any, like, I've never had any issues with, with even thinking about losing that LP. Because, like, even when I go 8th and lose over 100, it never phased me. It never phases me, like, when I see that number, it's like, oh, okay, we just go on to the next game. Because... I because if that happened to me, it means I know I fucked up during that game. You know, I know like somewhere along that line during that game, I messed up. So if you're really self-aware with the mistakes that you make, then you deserve to like lose that LP. And for me, that's the mentality I carry with like every game. Um, if I know I high rolled and I like won that game and I played to my win condition, then it means I played the game not how it should have been. If I go eighth with a really obvious mistake and then I see that mistake um, or I'm really self-aware about the mistake, it just, 
um, I just go on to the next game because, you know, it's something that I won't make again. Um, but in terms of like competitive or not competitive, in terms of like climbing the set, I wasn't as high on OC or NA, but I put all my energy into like maintaining like my fight night streak, which was like for 10 weeks and, you know, actually playing like in a weekly competitive setting. So that was my main focus um, when it came to like um, doing well. And that carried over to like future tourneys with like duos and like um, the other tourneys as well, because and the 4v4 tourney with the OC versus Southeast Asia thing. I think my strongest um, strength, like my biggest strength as a player has always been my mentality because it never phases me whether I go like eighth or first, like it just carries carries over the same onto the next game, the next game. Like I'm, I'm self-aware of my mistakes and like, I'm, and my wins. So, yeah. So you'd say that preparation for the fight night tournaments um, was a real benefactor for you when it came to looking at tournaments down the line. You think that sort of that, that style of preparation really benefited you, your play? I think specifically for this set, yeah, because no one played Nocturne. I got to abuse that shit for like four weeks straight. Um, yeah, Dutch. And then like the, like the first... Since players. Players. This guy's just like donated the couple, him. The first couple of weeks I played different stuff and then the last couple of weeks I played different stuff. So um, I think this is a comment I get a lot. It's like towards the end of the set, I was still learning how to play the game because I was just sin one trick for two months straight. <laughs> Which, um, like, it was really inconsistent on ladder, but when it came to, like, fight night and when it came to, like, the 2v2 tourneys, it's not like you can, like, consistently hold my units or, like, because I know the, the different outs regardless of, like, what I'm playing, like, in that comp. But when it came to, like, actually learning how to play other stuff, I looked like a diamond player. So, you know, it took me time to actually learn how to play the other stuff. Yeah, very... Very interesting, absolutely. I really like that answer as well. Um, recently on a different podcast, I won't say a rival podcast because they've been going for a while, um, Escher talked about his tournament preparation for the World Championships, and he said that over 90 or over 85% of his preparation was VOD review. Uh, I want to start with you, Keith. How important do you think VOD review is for like competitive play and, and high level play in this game? Uh, I think as a player that doesn't play as many games as um other high level players, I think blood reviews is definitely the best thing. Mm -hmm. Like when I um when I offer coaching I always uh, recommend that blood review is always better than live. Yep. And uh, it's cause you can go like I can go through like the game after. Uh it's it's way easier like point out everything. Like I think Jose and I like bar review like recently. Um, for his um, yeah my PBE during the PBE uh sub six turning and it's like during that bar review moment it was really easy like to point out what I did wrong like often just one single moment that cost me the game. Yeah, it took us like like 20 20 ish minutes like go through everything and then we knew exactly what was the reason why i think vault reviews are the best uh thing if you are a competitive player is the best like yeah for sure interesting and i'm 
Jose, why do you think that specifically is? Aside from, you know, you're able to, uh, you're able to really look deep into the, into the individual turns. Do you think that it gives you a, an equal understanding of maybe your, your other players' boards at the same time as well? Like maybe you're not thinking about it at the time? Um, not necessarily because a lot of the times you're thinking about playing for yourself rather than actually looking at other people's boards. When you are looking at people's boards, generally early mid game, you're thinking about how you beat those boards, not necessarily like what they're going to end up playing. Um, and then when it comes to, um, VOD reviewing in general, like going over mistakes and going over, like, like just having a different perspective from somebody else that's either equally or like better than you at the game opens up different ways of how to play the game from like the same spot if you were to um if you were to hit that spot like in 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 another game or in the next game so and let's say like you're one of those people that plays a thousand plus games or like plays a lot more but is consistently like not as high elo i think it's because a lot of the times like you're autopiloting auto piloting those games or like you're um going back to the old habits that usually work for you, but in reality, don't apply to every single game. So I think if you're able to recognize whatever mistakes you're making over the VOD review, it's, it um, shows even if you're still playing more and more games, like you're going to consistently become better rather than consistently hovering around like the same LP. Mm -hmm. So I think VOD reviewing is like super um, helpful when it comes to like um, having someone watching your game that's either equally as good as you and gives you a different perspective or just straight up better than you. But I never tell that to the people I'm coaching because, you know, you make more money out of coaching them live rather than following <laughs> them. So, you know. Agreed. Yeah. Plus, you get... Uh, live coaching people. is better. I was going to say, you get more people. This is all they pretty slow, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about that. It's kind of weird, like... Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, you're okay. No, I was just, just going to add, like, it's kind of weird that like, people still, like, prefer to be live coach because like they just assume like you know what your credentials are with like you being like peak rank one or what that type of thing you're going to give them like a free win which does happen like a lot of the times but when you go over the game and when they play by themselves i usually check like their match histories afterwards or like how they're doing afterwards like some some players will consistently like stay around the same level while others like like one example is like gangly like he was um he's the other he's one of the yeah. people that also does like interviews and stuff right yeah, I coached I him, and he went from he went masters to like six hundred LP like GM, and I was just like, "Wow, let's go, nice. dude! Let's fucking go!" Like you know, so um, it's still up to like the person, like the student, or like the person you're coaching. Like it's up to them to actually make that um, leap, I guess. So yeah, there's been a. Uh, I just want to touch on one more sort of pseudo competitive thing, the. Quick swap, the ability to swap from the right to left side of your board is being removed for set six. It's an unintended mechanic that Maud um, <laughs> has talked about. Do you guys think it's a good thing they're getting rid of it? Yeah, I, I think, think so. it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing. So... <laughs> I think I like talk about, I think I talk about it a lot. It's like, yeah, I do it, but like, it's not, it's not because like I'm a better player or that kind of. Yeah. It doesn't make you a better player. I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like it's blatantly clear that it's unintended. 
and like mm-hmm. that you obviously can't like you can't stop to the right side right no is it, yeah you can't you can't stop to the right side right to left yeah yeah it's right to left right not left to right so it's clearly unintended and i don't even know how you can argue that like it doesn't unfairly like benefit certain boards like you see this at its worst in set 5.5 where there are like some units that are extremely polarizing in terms of what side they're on like diana Belcos, right like, aka Belcos. yeah yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Belcos and diana to a lesser extent like if you play those units and you quick slot you have a clear advantage over you mm-hmm. know other people so yep. yeah yeah and it's also not very beginner friendly. Like, <laughs> if you're just starting the game, like the, the the game at no point tells you that you know this is a mechanic and a thing that you can do. Like, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Probably should go. Yeah. No, but it's like <laughs> it's like uh... Uh... <laughs> no, it looks cool. Wow, you're so good. You pressed three buttons. Wow, you pressed three <laughs> buttons, pressed buttons at the same time. Press pressed two buttons three times. Pressed, Holy shit. Yeah, That's crazy. You pressed yeah, it definitely doesn't. Three. It doesn't make you. It definitely doesn't make you a better player. It's just. For sure, for sure. You know. Yeah, and then chat asking every two seconds. Dude, how'd you do that? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, um, Exclamation mark, quick swap. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm gonna be a GM player now. <laughs> yeah, um, I just wanted to finish off this sort of competitive discussion with one final question, and it's actually about someone who just popped into the chat, which is a, very, a total coincidence. Um, uh, Escher and Raz's performances at the last two World Championships have been fantastic do you think that the oc community deserves to have additional representation at the next world championships whenever that may be um, For sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think uh um, we'll, we'll leave it we don't even need to expand in a lot of ways do we i just think <laughs> I yeah i don't i don't think so it's just uh, just yeah. yes like, yeah you know absolutely there, there's there's nothing to add to that it's it's for sure like they they pop the fuck off at worlds and yeah. you know the fact that you guys only have like one rep is not an indication of like how strong like the top players in your region actually are so you know absolutely yeah all right guys well we're going to move on now to a couple of viewer questions that we got before the stream also if anybody has any questions in the live twitch chat feel free to put them in as well that's a question for any one of us, but of course, specifically our two fantastic guests today. I'm going to start and uh, actually I'm going to hand over to Sol to sort of get the conversation going on some of these. Sounds good. All right. Um, we've talked a little bit about it, but uh, yeah, I guess our first question is probably going to be directed to uh, Keith and Jose first. Uh, so what are you guys looking forward to the most about duo mode? It could be literally anything. Getting rank one duo on NA. And showing that we can we can compete with the best. Yeah, we're gonna fight for our spot, pretty much. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if we can't do that, then we're washed up. So yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's six sets in. Uh, it's too much. So you know. <laughs> they put a lot of. There's a lot of discussion about the difference between servers. Uh, as two players that play on the NA server at a relatively high level, 
do you guys notice any difference between the two servers, uh, NA and OC? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a lot of high ELO OC uh, players stop playing the game because of like set 5 um, and 5.5, mm -hmm. the competitive thing. Uh, like if you do well in set, uh, set 5, you can carry it on in 5.5 and that kind of thing. And I think a lot of players stopped playing. So the ladder got really... The quality of players became uh, a lot lower than it usually is. So, uh, yeah. NA, I think everybody was always like... You see, like, NA is like everybody's playing. Like, people from EU, Japan, Korea, like, literally yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's basically like the, the go-to server. Yeah. Also, like anyone that wants to like compete at a higher level there's a lot of diversity involved mm -hmm. so yeah i really enjoy playing any also the lp games think, are better yeah for sure and i think really? the set yeah they're a lot they're a lot more consistent um right, right. not not towards the end of the set i think towards the end of the set it's pretty much the same like regardless of any server with lp games with everyone just pivoting pbe yeah imagine just because it's a much bigger ladder there's a lot more players compared to the oc ladder right mm -hmm. no apparently like OC has more players, right? Oh, like, yeah, the, there's really, numbers. Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know about right. high elo. Yeah, but, it's like yeah. more tally slots and everything like that, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then, specifically for OC, right? You guys, like, a lot of people quit mid-set because there is no other way to, like, um, what's the word, qualify for, like, world's qualification post-mid-set. So there was no reason or incentive to ever play 5.5 for you guys specifically. So that that attributes to like the quality of the ladder like dipping like a lot, and then yeah, pivoting NA was basically just like it just became like the international server for anyone that wanted to like try to play at a higher level. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's like at any point you'll pretty much get like maybe a half half lobby of like half NA like half international players, which was like quite like. It's really case, common, so. yeah. Yeah, it's really common. And it's really fun because you see a lot mm -hmm. of different names. You see a lot of different play styles. You see a lot of like yep. people trying stuff out because like for them ladder isn't really like they don't need to climb. They're trying this stuff out for their like for their own competitive scene to see if it's like viable and that type of thing. Great, thank you. Cool. Next, uh, next viewer question. Um. Okay. Cool. Uh. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, we touched on this a little bit, and literally anyone can pop up and answer this. Uh, so, do you think that the idea to remove uh, the mode and bring it back uh, later is a like a later date is a good idea? <laughs> yeah, I do. I I definitely do. Uh, we did touch on it earlier. I think that yeah, having the opportunity to keep it fresh and you know take that feedback because I mean we're we're talking to two of uh the sca oc uh, you know two of the premier players from this part of the world and they're saying we're gonna go over to the north american ladder and we're gonna try and and, and hit the top you know we're gonna we're gonna be rank one that's yep. pretty fucking invaluable experience that's a lot, a lot of good feedback can be gained from two people like that and it's gonna be a lot of people like that i think without without that drive from a lot of people to go and really push 
then it's not gonna it's not gonna be the best game mode it can be. So I think people are gonna take it really seriously, and people are gonna be really critical of it. And I think that'll only be for the betterment of it in the future. Yeah, we're for sure like not gonna be the only ones with like I think right? yeah. So yeah, I think this is like another. It's like it's not a like duos is like is a is a shot at like proving that we're the best, right? So like we deserve to be there. So it's like even if we don't get a spot, like people people know we are that kind of thing. And like I think that's also really important for like other um players in SEA as well. So like uh we're we're gonna be like the first people um get this going. And hopefully it uh it gets bigger. Yeah, wonderful. Amazing. All um, right. Yeah. Sorry, so uh, Yeah. I guess to add on to that, uh, thoughts on it being a permanent feature, or would you prefer to sort of see it sort of dip in and out? I think I'll be I think for okay like, with it either way, right? Yeah, for it to be a permanent thing, um, I think it has a lot more benefits content-wise, Yep. you know, duo-wise. Finding your TFT girl in the future wise. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of things that, you know, the only good things that can come out of it. And it comes down to like actually balancing the mode, I guess. Because from the just from looking at the stuff they're adding, it's for sure gonna be very chaotic when it comes out. So yeah. yeah. It sounds like infinite content. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of content. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that as well, Cutler, or just... Yeah, I think I'd love... Look, I... The reason that the watching the 2v2s and the 4v4s now is so fun in a lot of ways is actually because the players that are paired up together can play against each other. That actually does make it kind of enjoyable. It actually adds strange new addition to the to the game as as a whole i think that's kind of fun and interesting i'm not saying that i want that to be there forever but it it is actually a different kind of skill or decision that you have to make at those points in the game and if this was not to be a permanent feature then uh, i would very like at the very very least kind of like to see a maybe even a very uh, kind of like a, a refracted mode where you could pick somebody that you couldn't play against or something like that just to make a just to make it you know possible i think for me personally i yeah i'm sort of okay with it either way i i would i think it's a shame if we go like entire sets without duos being in there at all uh i personally would like to yeah i'd like to see like duos in every set, even if it's just for a limited amount of time. I think that's, like, even if it's for, like, even if, like, you know, let's say set 7, because, you know, it's confirmed it will be back in set 6.5, but let's say, like, set 7, duos is there for, like, the first, like, set 7, but it's, it'll be absent in 7.5, for example. I think that's, like, still totally fine, and, like, you know, we still have that sort of duo thing to sort of do every season, and it can sort of be its own thing. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it would be a shame if they just... Um, sort of abandoned the whole concept of duos and sort of just were like, okay, 
Actually, I have right. no doubt in my mind that it's just going to be a staple for every set. And then yeah. it's just going to be like a balance thing when it comes to like. And then after that, um, it's like 4v4 and shit. Yeah, and then it just expands to like 4v4 is like, you know, or like just bringing back 4v4, more 4v4 tourneys in general. Because yeah. that's like. That, that's just the most fun. That's the most content. Like, yeah, sure. that's. That is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, shopping on your team holds shit. <laughs> And I mean, the the Chinese mobile app for TFT has some insane stuff on it that we may still get. It's got like a mode where you have to figure out how to win, like puzzle mode, and puzzle mode. You can play yeah, original yeah. sets and different sets, mm -hmm. and with like they have like mobile specific characters that do crazy shit. Like that all sounds great. Like, give me more of that. <laughs> Yeah, we're running the the chibis, little yeah. legends. The exactly. First edition from the mobile onto yeah. the main thing. So yeah, should be fun. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, I'm actually okay. I'm gonna read this question, but I'll be completely honest. I'm actually not too sure, like in what sense it means. But anyway, the question is. If ranked queue for duo mode became standard, would you want there to be any changes between the current TFT system to the new system? So I think um, um, I got this question. I got this question in my Discord messages, and what hmm. the person was essentially getting at was, do they want? Do you guys want the ranked system in duos to be iron, bronze, silver, gold, plat, diamond, master? Grandmaster oh, Challenger. Right, right. Or are oh, you right. happy with the similar style of, I don't know, green tier, blue tier, uh, cool guy tier? I, I don't know what the tiers are for hyper roll, but they're they're basically the ones they're basically the ones we're getting. Do you yeah. think it would yeah, benefit from a, a regular ladder? It's like weird, right? Because um, even though you're queuing up duo, your rank is I'm assuming is still going to be uh, just yourself, just solo. Yeah. Because you can queue up solo or duo. Yeah. Like I don't really know how to answer this question because I just have to see like the LP gains and stuff and like the tiers and what they actually like, you know, mean in terms of like matchmaking and like uh, that type of thing. But uh, probably just wait and see see how how the LP gains turn out. How uh, yeah, that type of thing for now. I think it'll be uh, a lot easier if. It just goes to like the same system, right? Like yeah. bronze, silver, plat. It's way easier to, to follow track from there. Yeah. 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 I guess it's the same thing as hyper roll. It's the same um, LP system as hyper roll. So like you can yeah you can see why they do it right. It's because they want to advertise it as like a separate like lab slash game mode. So it's like yeah not in conjunction with like solo. Um, it's not balanced like, around yeah. it. I think not really. Yeah. So they're gonna like um take a different approach, I guess, entirely when it comes to like that type of thing. Okay. We yeah. had a um a good question from the chat that I'd like to ask you guys, sort of a uh a, a much lighter question, and that's uh what are your thoughts on rotating updated versions of old sets back in maybe as different game modes or as different style ladders? Fuck yeah. Uh, I think if anything, yeah. 
It's just the nostalgia. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like when units come back in new sets, everybody's like, oh shit, Nas back, oh, Aesol back, that kind of thing. Uh, it's nostalgia. It's fun. Uh, yeah. I'm on board with it. I don't think there's any downside to it other than like, actually, yeah. like just making just making it like come back, I guess. Like having to put the effort into actually like bringing it back into like a lab or game mode. But yeah. Yeah. It, it'd be fun for sure. This, the the Chinese mobile the set one the, yeah, the old like set a, they have a letter yeah. for it they actually have a letter for it yeah so that's that's really cool and with updated items and like updated items oh, yeah. updated well. updated yeah. board um some new mechanics into it um they made like one or two changes like in terms of units but from a nostalgia and like a you know feel good standpoint there it's like you know you're playing the game like when it originally came out, essentially, which is like new yeah. mechanics. I think having it be time sensitive would be the key to making it work. Because, like, for example, if you just brought back set one permanently and just had it there forever, it would be really popular for like the first month or two. And then, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, and then you'd realize, you know, it's just the exact same broken columns you played back then. <laughs> Nothing's why, really changed. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's why everything rotates, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think something like that, something something that's like time based, like oh, you know, you got like what two months to to replace that one could be really cool because you know not everyone's gotten you know not everyone started when like set one came out. Not yeah, yeah. But like back then, not everyone got to like experience you know you know these sets like you know sort of a lot of us have right. So I think that yeah, that's definitely cool. It's it's like not just nostalgia; it's also the fact that. TFT as a game is what two years old, maybe even older at this point, um, and that there's been a lot of sort of new players, a lot of growth in the meantime. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love right. it. I love it. I think it sounds great. What are your guys' yeah. favorite sets? Uh, start with Jose. Uh, three point five. Me too. For sure. Same. Timo Bard. Wow, we Montreux. actually just gotta. <laughs> so everyone gonna say three point five? Set seven. Set seven. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. Yeah. Yeah, three point five. Three point five for me. Three point five was pretty great. Shouldn't even really be close. Played the most. Played the most games. Had the most fun. You know. Joined the best community. Yeah. Get fucked over by some bullshit galaxy. I was gonna say, so, I don't even think I played the most games in 3.5, but it's just by the cost galaxy. Like, <laughs> four cost galaxy. Uh, like, like, it's just such a memorable set, though. Like, the units and everything. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. For sure. I think when they eventually do uh, Galaxies 2, the player base is going to boom boom. Because yeah. Mord has already said that he, uh, he, he like, absolutely intends on doing Galaxies 2, but he just doesn't want to do it he just doesn't want to do it for like, like he didn't want to do it for set six. He doesn't really want to do it for set seven because it's a bit too close. If that yeah. Makes sense. yeah, it makes sense. Great. Yeah. But yeah, he's like said that like they're definitely gonna revisit galaxies because there's too many. Yeah. Like there's too many like space themed skins left that are like, you know. That I think for like the good thing for like the game is like longevity wise. Like I was um, reading one of Mort's Q and A's. They have stuff planned up to like set thirteen. So I'm just like, okay, well, I, that's that's great. I can just play this until like when it dies out. Pretty much. Or like when I eventually get bored of it, I guess, which definitely isn't going to happen anytime soon. So you know. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, it sounds yeah. it sounds great to be honest. I'd love a, I'd love to bring back the old sets in some way, shape, or form. I wouldn't mind if it was just like just pop me into a random one at one stage. Like, oh, this game I'm playing set two. Next game I'm playing Dusk Riven. You know, mm -hmm. whatever. Why not? Hmm. Um. Okay. Cool. So I'm gonna bring it to another sort of more fun kind of question. Um, we can sort of go around. Uh, what about what have our sort of favorite comps been so far to play in PBE? Um, any sort of leading, you know, any sort of leading favorites so far? Or yeah. Me Jin. Anyone? I've yeah. been playing. I've been playing a lot of Jin. I think it's fun. I'm liking the augments and how different they are. I think they fixed the. Maybe from like the first few days when we were playing to this week, that it's like a complete. It feels like a totally different style of game, especially early game. Um, but I'm really enjoying Jin. I think it's it's really fun to see him back in a similar but different form. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I think for me, my, I think I talked to Color a bit about it before, but my favorite comp to play so far has been uh, Urgot, like the Bruiser Urgot comp. And it's not even because I enjoy playing Urgot, because I think Urgot's kind of a whatever carry, but it's actually because you get to play Jinx and Tom Kench. <laughs> and Jinx and Kench have, uh, Jinx in particular has just been so fun this set so far. Like, she just, like, jumps on a rocket, dives in, and just blows everything up. And then getting to, like, feed the Kench every turn, like, the Kench just gets bigger and bigger. He farms, like, gold, he farms items. It's just been, like, so fun for me. So that's been my favorite so far. I don't have a favorite call. You guys go, Yeah, I'll, I'm like uh, thinking. Uh, we've just been like. We're still we've trying just, budget shit. Like in yeah, call yeah, and like just trying everything. Any, okay, like. Anything memorable then? I, I have, I have like favorite units. Yeah, I guess. That'd be, oh, yeah that's yeah. a good question. Like, favorite units. That works too. That works too. Uh, probably like Jace, hands down. Probably the yeah, best oh, yeah. unit yeah. in the game. Jace is cool. Uh, For me, it's uh, not one cost Fiora. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, I like that she's not one cause, but I don't yeah. can't it's not that's weird. Yeah. Um there's like I'm a big fan of Heimer actually. I've been trying to make Heimer work. So I've been getting people to try Heimer. I think he's gonna like he's actually a pretty solid unit, I think. Um Gangplank. I think GP's a lot cool. of people like Gangplank. Because I was a GP main on League, so like yeah, on League, yeah. So I really when like you, GP. When you get the GP from Orb uh, at opening neutrals, over yeah, GP like, Orb is just a free win. It's time, pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Jose, what do you I think, think about uh, Shaco coming back as well? Oh, Razo will be happy. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't leak the tech. I'm, I'm not gonna. Shaco sucks. Don't play that shit. <laughs> uh, trust, okay. it's, it's, it, it's yeah, awful. Shaco sucks. Shaco sucks. sucks. It's actually yeah. horrible. Shaco unplayable. Yeah, Shaco unplayable. Yeah. You got it in first, guys. Definitely it. Bad no, unit. but Shaco being back is um is gonna be kind of aids because no one positions. Like it's so easy to abuse sins in solo queue. Yeah. No one ever positions for sins like consistently. It's even, so. it's even easier now with uh, social life hex as well. Like there are players. Who yeah. Exactly. Never their carry off, even if they're into sins, they just don't care. I mean, hopefully yeah. they learn, but they never yeah. learn. So. What the yeah? So you know. Um, they don't yeah, Kaisa right? yeah. good because like like he, I'm a um, he's a GP, I'm a Kaisa main, I'm Kaisa yeah. one trick, so like uh, in league, so you know, if I can play Kaisa every game, I would, I would, because she was also like, the thing I played the most in like set one, so 
Yeah. It'd be cool. She's like the new Kale kind of champ. Yeah, she ramps up. Ramps yeah. up. She's a much, like, much more exciting Kale. I think more consistent and like more variations you can play. I think all the fireballs this game is really Kale good. Dodge. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. I think, I think all the fire. Actually, I think Victor is the only one that's been a bit underwhelming so far. But no, Victor's the... actually really good. Really? No, but okay. Victor, like, Victor the, you, so you have broken. to try it again because Victor okay. buffs like that. That okay. unit is that unit's woke-ish. That unit is woke. That unit is so really good. good. <laughs> the unit's actually. You guys good. don't know. Victor's okay, actually really good. Everybody, write this down. Write this. Write this down. Victor's Victor's actually all good. Victor's actually really good. Wait, wait, what do you do? You, what do you even play him? Just, just play him, or just play him. After he casts, he just like yeah. Yesterday, our lobby was um. Top four, every four, uh, everyone was playing um, Ar Arcanus. Aww. So it's just, you know. Okay, it's we'll like, go again with the Victor tech then. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think the, the units are great. Uh, they're really fun. And I really like that, um, well, it's sort of similar to sort of 4.4 and 4.5 in, in a way where the, the kind of the four and five cost units are all very different like there's not like two that are really similar in a lot of ways like you get a lot of tanks even the the five cost like having galio is a like a five cost late game big ass tank is really cool as well i think that's really fun and interesting it makes um makes late game like possible for different comps that maybe wouldn't be able to get there in a lot of other sets or styles of play that may not always work and things like that so it's very cool. I want to ask what you guys think about um, Colossus, like as a as a trait, specifically uh, taking up two slots. Do you think that that's like is it interesting? Have you guys had had any games playing Scion or Cho'Gath or anything like that? Yeah, I think they're um, good. Yeah. I don't know. Like they just seem decent. I mean, I think Galio right now. I think he sucks on PVE right now. Hmm. As of the current patch, and Cho, I guess if you get, I, I still don't think Cho's that good. But if you like play around him, maybe he'll be like the. I think Sion's still pretty good. Everybody's playing Sion. There's one guy in the game always playing Sion. Yeah, Sion's for sure quite good. Yeah, I like that Sion's the carry. Mm, That's yeah, really cool. It's fun. It's fun so, conceptually. Yeah. I was saying that um, Sion's like one of the first, I think, yeah, literally one of the first like actual AP Bruiser carries that they've ever made. Like there was Aatrox. Um, yeah, there was Aatrox. Yes, in wait, which Aatrox? Is that one Aatrox? Or... Set four Aatrox. No, oh, you like, could, yeah, you could carry like the Aatrox Vanguard Aatrox. Set four. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. they tried to make that. Well, like, it's not as consistent as like they really buffed his AP like towards the end. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was testing a bunch of like AP um, yeah. Aatrox. It's actually really good. Either way, um, there, there hasn't been too big of a history of just sort of AP-based, big, bruisery, like, like tank sort of Yeah. Which I think so... is really cool. That's Sion scratches that itch. Mm -hmm. Also not that good. Yeah. Hmm. It's hard. Because, like, the guy doesn't die and he just one-shots the whole boy. <laughs> that's, it's like the thing. We had this discussion off, um... Um, off camera as well, talking about socialite. Um, what do you guys think of it being the same for everybody and not moving or no option to move it or no chance to move it. Do you think that that's good for the game? I mean, you just have to know when to not get, get baited by it. You have to it's choose actually, whether you want to use yeah, it or not. When you, whether you actually want to use it or not. Yeah. Cause like, if you um, don't want to, if you don't want to use it, it doesn't matter. 
it's like if I'm just gonna if it's play gonna Shaco affect your thing, yeah. Yeah, if I'm gonna play Shaco and you're playing um you're playing around the hex, like it's you know, more often than not gonna be like really easy for me. Um, but just know when to not get baited to actually like use it. Even though like the bonuses are like really cool and like they they are they are really impactful bonuses. Um you know, there'll be situations where you just shouldn't use it and not not get baited by it. But yeah. Yeah. I've been noticing that like um it's really good. It's like very, very useful to play around socialite hex during like sort of the early to mid game, the like the power boost, especially when matchups aren't particularly predictable. But um it becomes like a very, very big liability once you like hit top four and you're playing for first, second, when you can very reliably sort of track who you're playing against. Um yeah, yeah. because a real yeah, because a real big issue when your opponent literally knows exactly what hex you're putting your carry on. It's like a perfectly Zephyr or Shadow every time. And yeah, it's pretty bad. So yeah, I think that yeah, that is part of their intention with Socialite in that it is very powerful, but it does have a very real downside in that it does grief your positioning a lot of the time. Um I think the only thing that I would like to see them change so far is that um Currently, with the one for, uh, what's it called, the, uh, the one for Augment uh, Armory, um, when you're given the Socialite Hex as an option for the, like, the, the envelope or the spat or whatever, um, it can be, like, it can feel pretty bad, like, when you don't know, sort of, where the Hex is at all, um, is sort of a common, sort of, grievance that I've seen a lot of people mention. I think it's um, fine, you think because, because it's, fine? Mm -hmm. because it's a 20% damage rate, so... Mm -hmm. You said socialite doesn't really matter much early as long as you can get the power like immediately. So that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the same concept as like when you play around elemental hexes, like in set yes. two. Mm -hmm. So you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. for me, anecdotally, I haven't really found it to be that big of an issue in my own games. Um, I guess it's just a common. I just thought it was interesting to bring up because. I've noticed that a common sort of thing that people have sort of mentioned and complained about and want to, yeah, get your guys' opinion on it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. Like, I think if you get the socialite, most of the time you should, you can choose to play around it, um, the game or not. But right now, like I always say, like play for your current state. So, mm -hmm. that's a twenty percent uh, damage boost. Why not? You know? yeah. Are you guys gonna miss armories? That's a question I'd like to know the answer to. Do you think they were good for the game overall? Uh, I'm just still getting used to not having them, but overall, it's like I, I, it doesn't really matter to me that they're not there because, um, I've they're basically like been replaced by augments. Like you get three augments, so that's it. Just brings like a similar feel. It's just what it provides is different. So, yeah. If anything, I it I it doesn't really feel like that they've left. They just give different things, and they're at different points of the game. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. That was pretty much all my like PBE related questions. I think now we're getting to the point where it's like, let's let's have it. You know, let's play the game. Let's get it out here because they're not long left now. Yeah. yeah pretty close to hitting on life at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Alright, um, cool, cool. Um, okay, cool. So, I think that was... Hold on. Uh, okay, Untied has a question. Uh, Untied asks, 
uh, do you think changing Sans alt targeting off largest group of enemies to where he's facing would make him unplayable? Yes. <laughs> I think so too. Where he's facing? Be... Just, yeah. just yeah. move him. It'd just be like boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think when his ulti is as slow, like it winds up as slowly as it does. If it just randomly like griefs and targets like one dude, I feel like that's exactly. the biggest feel bad. So yeah. Uh, I I'm think, pretty, you know, sorry. Yeah. yeah, the concept of silence, so like, we make him, like, make it so that no one clumps, because clumping became, like, a super, yeah. um, like, really, what do you call it, uh, prevalent thing towards the end of, like, set 5 and 5.5, it's like, mm. oh, you're 1v1 winning, or you're, like, playing um, certain matchups, like, it's just safer and easier to, like, clump your board. Mm -hmm. So Sion punishes that type of thing, and he's really fun as well, because, like, you just go full damage, or, like, um, Imperial Scion, and you know, like smart players will obviously be able to play around it. It's like you just don't clump, or you like, but you know, in solo queue, it's like super abusable. And it's like, shit, he's gonna smash everything and punish you, like, take you for like 10 HP every time you clump. So, you know, for sure, for sure. I like yeah, the I game spread out. The game is more fun when you don't, when there's no like hard clumping every turn to try and protect yourself. Makes sins better as well, Jose. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need. Yeah, we don't need. Um, no leakers. No sin, I mean, no sin sucks, sucks. So, yeah. Yeah, Shaco's Shaco blows. Don't play him. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, I think. Yeah, in my opinion, I think. I think it's good when there's a sort of place for all sorts of different types of positioning. Uh, and like one sort of style isn't the de facto best. It should always be, like how you position your board should always fluctuate depending on what compositions your opponents are playing. Right. Uh, it should never be, like. This is like stagnant towards like yeah. yeah don't always game. follow the picture. Exactly. There shouldn't be like a this is the de facto <laughs> best way to position, and I'm always going to do this. <laughs> this is what Meta TFT right. told me to position. So this is what I got to do. Yes. True. <laughs> yes. Exactly. True. Yeah. This guy on Reddit that. posted it, so mm -hmm. must be right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, I think that pretty much brings us to the uh, to the end of the podcast. I would I would like to just wrap up by saying thank you both very much for for being here today. It's been a um a really enjoyable experience getting to chat to you guys and um uh really really enlightening. Not not only that, but but from a, a personal perspective, getting to uh, to meet two people that that are so uh invested in in this community is great and i'm really really pleased that, that we had the chance so so thank you thank you very much to both of you yeah absolutely uh thank you guys yeah and i'll just like to add thank you guys so much for coming on our show um it's yeah it's been really cool to sort of properly meet you guys um i've sort of looked around these streams a lot in sort of the past so yeah it's been really cool getting to chat to you guys and yeah pleasure is ours and thanks thank for having you. us yeah this is fun. Guys, look, I, I would just like to say um, to give yourselves a, a very quick, because uh, this does go out on Spotify, on iTunes, and on YouTube, not just on, on the Twitch channel. So for first-time listeners or people who may not uh, be fully aware of, of you guys, just uh, a quick little descriptor where they can find you, um, shout-out, anything like that. Start with uh, Jose. 
Uh, you guys can find me on twitch.tv slash Jose Paolo. You can follow me on Twitter at Jose Paolo. And um, yeah, go follow me on Twitter because I post a lot on Twitter now for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keith, your, your turn. Yeah, you guys can follow me on KLCT on and uh, pretty much uh, same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys, uh, I think that Twitter is a really good way to kind of interact with the TFT community now. It didn't used to be, but it's actually picked up quite a bit in in at least the last six months or so so please go and and find them there and and of course soul my duo partner my co-host my friends uh, a final shout out from you as well if you don't mind <laughs> sure um yeah if anyone wants to check me out um my twitch is soul underscore tft i'm pretty sure um and my twitter is at soul underscore tft i'm pretty sure it's the same thing um yeah i don't stream too consistently but i try to when i can and uh yeah you guys be so kind It'd be great all right guys well from me cutler from my co-host soul and and of course with special thanks to jose and keith for today's episode this has been the roll down a teamfight tactics podcast thank you very much for listening and, and we'll see you next time bye guys thank you awesome.